Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 175. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just one bean on the line in the form of Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good, thanks, man. How are you? Good. I nailed that intro for the you did. first time in a few episodes. Crushed it. Oh, that's that's all right. You know, it takes a little while to you know get back into the rhythm of it. You, uh, you, you've got there. I did have Joffrey Bieber uh, getting in touch with me today. We we're talking about some some Battle Spirit Saga stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. he was saying, oh, yeah. it'd, be, "It'd be so funny if you get Cracker to do the intro, and he could say, i 'I've just got one bean on the line here in Chewy.'" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to get us all mixed up. So yep. Perfect. No, we, didn't, we didn't go with that. We went with the proper, correct intro. Because uh, we're professionals. 100% we are. <laughs> pro- we are professional content creators no. and you are a, a professional influencer. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Mate, I have, enough, I have a hard enough time influencing my kids to go to bed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's no chance. That's, that's one thing you learn very quickly as a parent yeah. that uh, trying to influence your children to do anything is a losing cause i think yeah pretty much yep all right well what's not a losing cause though is josh oh, pat's mtg bizarre oh. mate that is the most winningest place on the internet that is <laughs> Go for JP, it, MTG bizarre. we we love josh and pats um we talk about them every week because th- it turns out they're still good every week shorty i don't know if you've checked them out but their stuff is amazing they are a, a facebook auction page with also claim lots for when new sets come out and you can just buy cards straight up there. Pat puts up listings every night for different auctions that you can bid on, which are just just legitimately great value. Like that they are cheaper. We love LGSs, but you you are better off buying singles from Pat and they will probably get there quicker than you will get to your LGS. Plus, you get the sweet tokens and you get to support us. Cause when you buy cards from Pat then he gives us packs and then we give them to you. So you just like free magic cards. This is just a good deal. So come check them out. They are sponsoring our league, which has just kicked off recently. Uh, and also for the Envy, which is coming up shortly. So jpmtgbazaar.com. Uh, and when you do win some stuff, tell them that the bean sent you. Very good. Yes, we do have the Envy coming up. Uh, not <laughs> not that far away, actually. I, uh, I mm. realized this week's like, oh, it's, it's like... Two months away, maybe. Yeah, we should, we should plan that. Get some play mats because we've got to order them from the States and, and all that sort of thing. So, mm. yeah, but uh, League has kicked off and I've been cracking on with my matches. Uh, I'm doing doing pretty well, actually, with uh, a list that I have stolen from Worlds, which we'll be talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. How are you going with your matches, Cracker? Uh, I've almost uh, we'll, started. We'll just move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do I do need to. I've, I've had a busy week, um, except for the last couple of days where I've not worked. But I've still been busy. You know, like, it's those things where you just, you're like, oh, cool, I've got some days off. And your wife just goes, aha. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the things to do. <laughs> Here's a list of things to do. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, no, I'm, I'm definitely keen. We'll definitely get some matches in. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, m- my deck wasn't represented at Worlds. It was- um, I don't was think anyone too- chose to play it. I don't think. I don't think anyone <laughs> should choose to play it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But that's okay, because I have fun with it. At least, Cracker, you're uh, you're not trying to organise games in the wrong channel, like Chewy. True. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Please. Like, I, I don't know why he wants to come over and, and like battle all the good players over on our channel. Like, no. That just yeah, no seems, seems like a risky proposition. You can yep. lose twice in, in each, each, each side of the league, I guess, there, Chewy, if you want. Yes, yes. Well, before we get into our main topics, I actually played in a tournament on the weekend, Cracker. 
Not, not for Magic. I played in, uh, in another Battle Spirits Saga tournament. Mm. Uh, this was a grand open, which is sort of their equivalent of like a, a GP, but small, or I guess a regional championship sort of thing. So it, it qualifies mm-hmm. you for the Pro Tour. And uh, I didn't quite get there. I, 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 oh. there was, I mean, it's a new game that I've barely played, and there was a couple of core rules of the game that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, you know, tried to do something and then had my opponent go, ah, that it doesn't, like, you can't do that in, in the turn. It was like, what do you mean? And I call it, you know, call the judge over and they're like, yeah, no, this this doesn't happen. It's sort of like uh, there's these flash windows where you can respond to stuff or you, you, yeah. get, a, you get an opportunity to cast some instants effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it uh, turns out, you know, when when you attack, there's a flash window, and then normally when you block, there's a flash window. But if if your opponent doesn't block, there's actually no opportunity to cast stuff. So I was not aware of that, and uh, oh. yeah, that cost me cost me a match, and uh, yeah, that bumped me out of the cash, and yeah, out of potentially qualifying for a pro tour. I was all excited. I was like, oh, I might be able to come on the podcast and be like, haha, Chewy, you are not the only one who's qualified for a pro tour. Yeah, yeah. But no, so sadly not. But uh, good mate, Rolling Royce, he was down mm. for the weekend and he finished 11th. He ended up with uh, with wow. 500 bucks US. So uh, did very well for himself and has that pro tour qualification. Although I don't know if he's actually going to make it because it is in the Netherlands and... Uh, yeah, it's quite quite expensive on short notice. So, but yeah, cool cool weekend. Good to play something dif- bit different, and uh, yeah, scratch that competitive itch, and yeah, have a bit of fun and catch up with some whole bunch of guys from Wollongong who uh, made the trip down. And yeah, we went out for dinner on uh, Sunday night afterwards, and I took them all to the airport. So nice. uh, yeah, it was good. We went out for Japanese. Nice. It was the second time that I'd ever eaten Japanese. I had no idea what I was ordering. <laughs> And had to explain to, explain to the guys on the table that I have a bit of a reputation for being a uh, conservative eater. I guess is a way to that's a that's a, a way fair way of putting it there, Shorty. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was interesting, but no, had had a lot of fun and yeah, great to catch great. up with some some guys and just talk cards. So a lot of fun, but that's uh, awesome. not magic. So that is not not what we're going to be diving right into tonight. We are going to have a look at the World Championships, which also yeah. played out on the weekend. So. It did. Cracker. Yeah. Did you watch any? Uh, I played catch up. I've been watching a bunch okay. of the top eight in the last couple of days. Nice. So didn't didn't get to watch any of it live, but um, kept tabs of what was going on, you know, through social media and all that sort of stuff, as you tend to do. Uh, seemed like a lot of people had a lot of fun over the weekend because it was also like the huge Magic Vegas Con. Yeah, Magic Con Vegas. Yeah, that's the one yep. with the 100K um, limited event as well yeah yeah that's that, right yep which is pretty wild but um yeah it seemed like a, a lot of fun kind of what i expected out of the the metagame i guess didn't i don't, I don't know there were any real surprises no you? yeah like there was there's a couple of decks that we, you know we'll probably touch on tonight that are mm-hmm. sort of new i guess but yeah it's sort of what we expected from from the metagame and and nothing crazy any out there that actually sort of broke broke the metagame which is not surprising. We have discussed before, you know, we, we've moved to this three-year rotation, which means we've got more sets, which means more cards at the sort of top power level, which tends to lead to just mid-range soup decks. And that's even more so prevalent at the moment because we still have the triomes in the format. Prop, I think they should have rotated. Yeah. They were streets and that should have rotated. 
Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that kind of lends to, hey, we can just <coughs> yeah. play four or five colors and go for it. So the, the manner is really good. And there's just a bunch of stuff, you know, in green, surprise, that, um, you know, will let you fetch out lands and things. So it does a bunch of ramping. So, yeah, domain decks are, are definitely a thing. Yeah. So how did the metagame actually look? So Esper Midrange was the most represented deck with 20 copies. So 19% of the field. And then Shorty. They they all took inspiration from you, mate. With they did. Mono they must red. have listened to the podcast. And gone, yeah, yeah, Mono Red's yeah. back. Yeah, let's go. Mono Red, let's go. Yeah, yeah let's let's have a look at the uh, the win rates we'll, in a minute, and we'll we'll, uh, get, we'll come we'll back get into that. that. <laughs> uh, then there's Esper Legends, which is the same deck that we've been seeing for the longest time now. There's there's some small changes, but you know, it's still just a Rafine Urtai kind of thing. Uh, Domain Ramp, actually the same amount of copies. Golgari Midrange, uh, Mono White Humans. Rakdos Reanimator, Esper Control, Azorius Soldiers, and then just like, actually the bulk of the field, like 24% of the field was just other, just a bunch of other random stuff that yeah, people one, decided ones and to- Ones twos and threes of people. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, not like dominated by any one particular deck, I wouldn't nah. say. Like, like it's 19, not- 19% of the field is, that's fine. That's perfectly fine in yep. in a standard metagame. So, yeah, yeah I would say so. That's good. And it's, but, it's, uh, it's not a deck that is, yeah, broken. You know, you'd say, oh, this deck's 20% of the, the metagame and it's, you know, it's way too strong. We need to ban stuff. It's just a mid-range deck. It's just <laughs> like, a shield or deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that, that yeah. was kind of how it broke down in terms of the, the metagame. And then, I don't know, do you want to get into the, the top eight or? Yeah, yeah. So, there was, uh, let me see, was one by... Jean Emmanuel de Pra, spoilers, everybody. Sorry if you uh, didn't know that <laughs> he was uh, he was on the Esper list. Uh, and then there was a couple of the, the main ramp, a couple of Esper mid range. Uh, there was Golgari mid range, Azorius soldiers, and Bant control. So a bit of a spread. No aggro. De- I guess the soldiers deck is is pretty aggressive. Uh, that was played by. Um, Nielsen wasn't it? Simon Nielsen. Yeah, Simon Nielsen. Yep. Who's now actually just. Uh, Player of the year as well. Yeah, I believe if uh, I think the first match in the in the finals, if Reed Duke won, he would win Player of the Year, and if no, Reed he had Duke to lost. He had to beat Anthony and then win one more. I think. Yeah, okay. I think they would have been tied at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I think have, Reed I have had no to idea go how the one. Of the year works. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a points thing or something. Uh, yeah. They had to go one better than uh, than basically to lock it up for Reed. So yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of where they ended up. Um, Esper Legends versus Esper Midrange in the grand final. Mm, excitement. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Like, all you, you look at all these lists and they're all actually good decks and, like, they're enjoyable to play mostly and, and they're generally good to play against. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it that is just off-putting, though. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, it's really strange. Part of it is I just feel like we've seen these cards for so long now. Yeah, that could be it. Yep. Yeah, we're just looking like, at the same stuff we've been looking at for the last two and a half years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there are some new cards. I'm looking at, like, in Depras list, he's got Lord Skidder the Skewer, the Sewer King. He's got a couple of copies of that, but, like, that's it. That's that's the new card. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if he's got any. <laughs> Uh, has he got any new lands? Nope. No, no new lands. 
it's nothing new in the sideboard. <laughs> uh, nope. That's it. It's just two, two, two cards. Two, two rats. Yep. Two rat lords. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it just- it, it feels like just more of the same. Uh, the mid the Esper mid-range deck has got some virtues of loyalty, I guess, is kind of the other thing. He's also playing two copies of Lord Skitter. Uh, and then, yeah, four copies of the Virtue of Loyalty to go with the four copies of Wedding Announcement to sort of, you know, make your stuff big. But it's still just like yeah. Shielded Rafine decks. Virtue of Loyalty, actually, like a few games that I watched over the weekend was mm. just ridiculous how, <laughs> how strong it was. Like. Mm. Yeah, if you, you just get a few tokens on the battlefield from your Wandering Emperors, your Wedding Announcements, your Lord Skitters, that sort of thing, and then just ending your turn and putting plus and plus some counters on them all and untapping them. So, yep. yeah, there's quite a few games where I saw, like, Denix that were, like, seven, nine Denix <laughs> with lifelink sort of thing. Sure. It's, yeah, pr- pretty strong. So, yeah, if you can go unchecked, then, uh, yeah, you end up with some very big creatures. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. You said that you'd been playing one of these lists. Yeah, so what you, I- What grabbed your attention? You know, obviously with the league kicking off, I thought, oh, okay, I need, I need, a, need a list. So I, um, you know, jumped in and had a bit of a look. And first thing I looked at was Mono Red. And then uh, we, haven't, we mm-hmm. haven't touched on that yet, but uh, Mono Red, not so good at the moment. But yeah, had a bit of a look through the other lists and, and from what I'd seen on camera and, and the domain ramp list that uh, Reed Duke was playing. Mm-hmm. Just looked like a lot of fun, you know. You're uh, you're ramping with your invasion of Zendikars and your topi- topiary stompers and uh, channeling herd migrations, that sort of thing, just to keep your your lands flowing. And then uh, yeah, you're you're either just hard casting Atraxes, you're, you're casting Archangel of Wrath, double kicked to deal the damage. You're keeping the board clear with Sunfalls, uh, and eventually you're hitting enough mana to just hard cast herd migration you're playing five colors so you know it's not that uncommon that you're getting five three threes out of your herd migrations you got leyline bindings because you're playing so many colors virtual persistence just brings either your stuff or your opponent's stuff back and then this is what really put it over the edge for me it's playing up the beanstalk up the like, beanstalk. i mean if there's, a, if there's a deck in standard that's playing up the beanstalk it probably should mm-hmm. probably should play that one just to rep the beans so yeah yeah I uh, spent a bunch of gems and some gold and opened some packs <laughs> to get some cards because I've not mm-hmm, been drafting mm-hmm. for ages. Got just enough wild cards to put this deck together and, uh, yeah, been jamming it. Played a bit on ladder, did really well, and then, uh, yeah, been doing pretty well in my league match as well. So the deck's actually, it's a lot of fun to play and it has a lot of game. You know, there's there's games where it's like, oh, man, I'm down to three, I'm, I'm almost out of this, and then the next thing you know, you're on 35 life and your opponent has no cards and you've got, seven in your hand and it's like ah, yeah okay i should be able to win this game <laughs> easy dubs yeah. yeah this deck actually looks really sweet um you talk about standard divulging into mid-range soup well the way to beat that yep. is just go big and uh this is the biggest deck man yeah this is yeah. easily the, the biggest thing you can be doing right now pretty much uh there's there's a few different versions of it there was willie adel in the top eight as well who uh was playing basically the same deck but Playing some some nisses as well, playing more couriers, briefcases, a couple of ossifications, that sort of thing. But also playing the Chrome Host Seed Shark, which can, can I pause on that for a second? Are you looking at his list on the um? Yeah, it, magic? Sh- it says that it's Lurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, good, yeah good, job, <laughs> good job, Wizards. Good <laughs> job. I'm like Chrome Host Seed Shark. Yeah, that's the one that 
Is Luris of the Dream yeah, right. Sun, Sunfall says that it's Furja, the Judge of Valor as well. You know, it's not oh, like yeah. wiz- wizards own all of this stuff and they can make no. their links right. But, you know. It's pretty hard to do. Uh, we all know what <laughs> Chrome host C-Shark does, though. It spits out tokens that you can- Yeah, it spits out the incubator. And stuff like that. Yeah. Tokens. Yep. Yeah, no, yep. really cool. Uh, yeah. Quite often you see that in the sideboard. So, interesting to see that Willie's just gone, nah, I want to maximize my, my spells in, uh, in the main. So, yeah, it's yep. very cool. Yep. Uh, and it's just, coolest. it's the best Leyline Binding deck. And yeah, Leyline Binding's just so strong. It's like, such a stupid card. I mean, being able to cast it on turn two is it's ridiculous. And casting it when you've got an up the beanstalk in play is just, yep. just yep. fantastic. So, yeah, deck's really strong. Uh, I did play against... Oh, I can't remember who it was in, in our, my league match this week. I lost, I lost 2-1. They're playing... Uh, a spicy list, actually, a uh, a red white uh, tokens mm-hmm. list, like okay. the um, sort of like the convoke list from Pioneer. Ooh, and okay. I was just the the two games that I lost. I was basically half a turn too slow. I just couldn't just couldn't keep the board under control enough, and they got me down. And yeah, just uh, it's like well, if you let me, if I untap, I'm pretty sure I win this game. But I'm mm. dead. So uh, yeah, I think I think you cut could those turns down. Yeah, if you get lucky and you get a quick start against these sorts of decks, you're fine. But they do have a lot of life gain, like virtual persistence gains life, herd migration gains life, uh, the arcane jewels gaining you life. There's just just a bunch of that stuff, and then they're just wiping the board with sunfalls and spitting out blockers and whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's definitely uh, a lot of game to it. Cool, cool deck, but a lot of fun to play. Nice. I will uh, try and remember to pack all my counter spells against you. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. I, I mean, I'm playing blue, so there's counters in the sideboard. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think's in my sideboard? More counter spells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, uh-huh. it is also worth mentioning uh, fellow Australian Anthony mm. Lee yeah. made it into the uh, top eight of worlds. So very, he very sure impressive. Did. <laughs> playing the Golgari mid range list. Yeah. Which have you? Have you? Did you get to see it on camera? I did, yeah. So I watched the the match where he played against Reed, and I also yep. watched the match where he played. Oh, who was he playing in the semis? I forget. He was playing someone. Uh, I think he was playing Simon. Uh, anyway. Semis was no JD. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, it was too. Um, I actually really like the look of this. Honestly, yeah, like yep. it's 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 doing some really cool things. This has actually got. Like a bunch of new cards and cards that you're apparently allowed to play again, like uh, Liliana of the Veil mm. and Liliana uh, soloed Reed <laughs> in one of their <laughs> yeah. games, yep. which was absolutely disgusting. But um, Mosswood Dread Knight, which we talked about a lot, yeah, turns out that card is as good as everyone thought it would be. Just in this deck, where you know drawing cards and then just recurring three two, and he's just packing. So much removal. There's just so many ways to to interact, you know, with like virtual persistence, go for the throats, tear us under, cut down. Like there's just so many different ways that you're like clearing the board. And three twos just get in, man. Like it just does the thing. But it's also his his card draw. So really impressed by that. Um also the other card that really impressed me a lot is the blossoming tortoise. Mm. Why is it a uh, turtle? Aren't tortoises uh, and turtles different things? Yes. Yeah, okay. I guess it's because we already Do have turtles. Do we need to clarify in further <laughs> in magic, but why didn't they call a blossoming turtle? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. It, uh... But, yeah, this one, um, 
when it ETBs or attacks, it mills three, and then you return a land from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So it ramps. It is four mana for a three three. But it also uh, activated abilities of lands you control cost one less to activate, and land creatures you control get plus one plus one. So the um, the restless cottage mm. just becoming a five five for three mana is huge. Like it just it gets in. Yeah, and, and it makes like, food. It makes food, and you get to exile a card from a graveyard. So if you're playing against yep. any like reanimator stuff, you can just kind of chain it together really, really nicely. You just get to mill it over with your turtle, and then fire it up the next turn and attack them for you know eight plus. So yeah, really strong. Um, just did just just doing Golgari things. I don't know what else yeah. to say. Yep, super grindy, but yeah, did mm. did really well. So. Yeah, good job, Anthony, and good to yeah, see well an, an Aussie up in the uh, in the top eight. He's uh, from over in Perth and does a podcast with Javier Dominguez and uh, Andrea Mangucci, so you can go and check them out. It's a couple of scrubs. Magic with the carnies. <laughs> yep, those guys got no idea what they're doing when it comes to magic. We're definitely way better than the than them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Can't yeah. say that with a straight sure. face. <laughs> yep. Correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. There is. We did get the win rate sort of breakdown from Frank Carson, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I mean, it's it's there was yeah. one hundred and five players, so it's it's a, a decent size field, but it's not enormous. It's not PT size. So, like looking at the win rates, the the top deck is Band Control with eighty seven point five percent win rate, and you're like, whoa, that is massive. But that is a seven to one record, which comes from the one player who made top eight. Yep, yep, <laughs> Greg the, Orange, Greg Orange. So. Who's uh yeah just a control, a control blaster yeah expert yeah yep. yeah um, so what else stands out to you in the win rates so Simic Cauldron which is apparently did it right it yeah, went again one four, player four, again one player. yeah so yeah no, not not actually a sample size that matters uh Esper Midrange is probably the actual like most significant which had a fifty eight percent win rate um and then you've got yeah domain ramp mono white humans soldiers sack I think. Grixis mid-range. That must have been a single player again. Mono blue cauldron. That's, that's two players, I guess. <laughs> two players, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I think it was three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then they all just kind of drop right off there. Golgari mid-range, 50%. I mean, I guess that's what you sign up for, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It is it's just- It's the ultimate. It's the 50-50 deck. <laughs> it played out 20-20, exactly how you think. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of falls off a cliff. We um interestingly there you got Esper Legends with a forty six point five percent win rate even though yeah. that is the deck that won the tournament so yep obviously in the hands of a uh, a very good player like JD the, the uh, win yeah. rates go up but there's a bunch of people there pulling that win rate down yeah yeah and look that's the that's the problem not the problem that's the tricky thing with looking at just like the top eight deck lists is just going oh well like Esper Legends must be the best deck in the format it's like. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't no. doesn't look like it, and yeah. certainly like this additional information is is pretty handy to to see because yeah. you know, there's so many different factors into winning a tournament. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely worthwhile looking at these sort of win rates and looking at the the higher played decks like your SP mid range, your domain ramps, your humans, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that have got higher match counts and seeing those those win rates. So yeah, that's where you go. Mm. Yeah, okay, SP Legends, it's forty three matches. Forty-six percent win rate. That's pretty bad. Yeah, the uh, 
Golgari mid-range is 40 matches for 50%. That's pretty bad. But yeah, like your Esper mid-range, your domain, domain ramps, like Esper mid-range had, what's that, 90-something matches. Domain mm-hmm. ramp was 46. So they're, they're good sample sizes and they're still coming in at 58 and 56%. So that's that's quite good. Gives you a good indicator what, that the deck was good. What what wasn't good though, Shorty? Mm-hmm. You, you already said it. Mono red. <laughs> <laughs> 15 and 22 down at 40 percent 40.5 yeah not good not good at all yeah yeah that, yep. it's a 0 and 4 against the uh mono zero percent against mono white humans <laughs> 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 it's it it goes all right against the esper deck and the ramp deck by the looks of it and then just horrible against everything else yeah the, the like i i had a bit of a look through as many mono red lists as I could, because you know mm. that's that's what I do. And the lists are they're a bit more creature based. They're not like uh, there was a bunch of lists that were playing like two lightning strikes, or they they I- might play four lightning strikes, but only like two play with fires. And there just wasn't there isn't the burn. You know, we've got, no one was playing like stoke the flames <laughs> type thing. Like no one's playing actual burn. Yeah. yeah. So when you go up against the similar decks you know your your mono white humans that are creature based you just you just don't have the burn to kill their creatures and keep them off the board and get your attackers through like you you sort of have in in standards past so they do fine when they go up against the slow decks because they they're still super aggressive with their creatures and you, you're just kind of hoping that you can get them dead before they play a sweeper but mm-hmm. yeah when your opponent's got blockers and especially if those blockers end up bigger than your creatures you, you just can't win because you just can't clear out those blockers so mm-hmm yeah, the mono red needs to go back to the drawing board to sort of find a different way to be built, and yeah, maybe we'll see that percentage come up because you kind of need decks like that in this sort of format to put be able to put that pressure on the the decks that are trying to go over the top, your domain ramps and that sort of thing. If if there's nothing putting pressure on them, when they can just sort of sit around and do whatever they want. Yeah, I guess the mono white humans is kind of filling that role a little more. Yeah, but I don't want to play Mono White Cracker. It's no, got no a one bunch does. of planes in it. Yeah, I know. It's Who awful. wants to play planes? Who wants to play Thalia? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>, gross. <laughs> Ties, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, Polywaffle's got a picture of Thalia up on his wall, so I guess probably- Yeah, we, did, we did buy it for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's really good art. It I, is. I, it's I, I awesome. like the art of that one. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah I agree. I agree. And, and look, the more that if, if the ramp decks pick up- popularity and continue stretching to be the race to the bigger deck then that's when you know mono red will have its day yep all right so there were uh, there was an article that came out with some spicy lists the mm-hmm. eight spiciest decks at worlds yep what are we got in here cracker what <clears throat> what what are the options people i mean let's just ignore the win percentages of these okay, decks because so they're do all I just, low <laughs> do, I, do i look at the bottom of the table here because i think that's where actually that's not true that the second most winningest deck is the Simic Cauldron list here. Yes, with one black. Which is yep. Simic with a dragon, a red dragon. Yep. Yeah, the Cauldron list. And then there's a mono blue Cauldron. So, uh, Cauldron- What are these Cauldron is- lists doing? Cauldron- I know Cauldron's been showing up in, like, modern. Yeah, a lot And I modern. think in Pioneer as well. So, this is mm-hmm. a this is a weird card. And, uh, yes. man, it's going to lead to some 
complicated board states. So I'm, I'm just yes. going to read it quickly just to, to remind people. So it's two mana, Agatha Soul Cauldron, Legendary Artifact. You base spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. Mm-hmm. Creatures you control with a plus on plus on counter, or with plus on plus on counters on them, have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. And then you can tap it to exile target card from a graveyard. And when a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus on plus on counter on target creature you control. So mm-hmm. you are exiling stuff out of the graveyard. Yep, fantastic. It's yep. two mana, you exile a card, and it's a target card. So, yep, that's that's certainly good. It's graveyard hate, but you're exiling creature cards to put Correct. counters on your own creatures, and then yep. you're doing weird stuff. So what are we doing, Cracker? I mean, mostly we're just trying to make infinite mana. Sure. I, I, I think that's basically just mostly what it comes down to, right? Like, that's that's kind of the thing. So, this, this Simic list is trying to- that uh, So, you're trying to put something in that has, like, an activated ability. So, Sleeped Cursed Fairy is one we're looking at here, which is the one mana 3-3 three, three Flying War 2, but it enters with three stun counters on it. So, if you- And then it has an activated ability of one and a blue to untap the Sleeped cursed fairy so if you have that in your graveyard and you exile it under the agatha's soul cauldron and you put a plus one plus one counter on another creature then it doesn't have any of the stun counters right like it just skips that whole etb thing and it just has the activated ability so it doesn't become like a copy of that creature it doesn't get its power and toughness or anything like that just the activated abilities and any creatures that have got any plus one plus one counters get that ability so in this case you're trying to uh you're trying to put some plus one plus one counters on the Kami of Whispered Hopes, that all star. <laughs> yep. <laughs> card. Um, basically, you just tap it <clears throat> and then uh, it puts additional plus one plus one counters on it. And then it says, add X matter of any one color where X is the Kami of Whispered Hopes power. But so you tap it, you add two blue, which you then use to untap with the Sleep Cursed Fairy. So then you tap it again and it gets another plus one plus one counter on it, right? And so you can just generate infinite mana. So you, you net one mana each time. So you basically go, go through a cycle of making, you know, you say, I'm going to make in paper, this is a lot easier than an arena. You just go, I'm going to make, you know, 10,000 blue mana. And then using my 10,000 blue mana, I'm going to make, you know, 8,000 red mana and 8,000 green mana. And you just kind of go through that. And so then. I don't know, man. They're trying to play a giant dragon. <laughs> it looks like their Realm Scorcher Hellkite. So, you can just draw your deck, basically, as well. Um, and then you just play this giant dragon, which has an activated ability. It says one in a red. Hellkite. Realm Scorcher Hellkite deals one damage to any target. So, you don't even have to draw it. You can just exile that with another Soul Cauldron. Even though it's legendary, um, you can just kind of- Yeah, you play more of them and they come in untapped. play more of them. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, you've got, so then you- you've got Rona, which has the activated ability tap, mm-hmm. loot, draw a card, discard a card. So, yeah, once once you've got your infinite mana, which is not hard to do because the Kami puts an extra plus one, plus one counter on a permanent. So, it's basically yep. like hardened scales. So, all you need is a Kami on the battlefield and an Agatha Soul Cauldron and you exile a Sleep Curse Fairy from your graveyard, which you've got a couple of cards that are milling you and doing that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then straight away, like as soon as you go to put one counter on the Kami, you're putting two on there, which means its power is three, mm-hmm. and you now have infinite mana because you're 
because you're plus you, one, and it costs you two to untap. So yeah, exactly. you're, just, you're just making infinite mana. Yep. And, and you don't. It doesn't actually. It doesn't really matter when you're comboing the colors because the soul cauldron lets you spend mana of any color for the things. But yeah, you draw your deck. You right. Okay. There you go. Yep. Draw your deck, and then you just yeah, realm scorcher hellkite to to kill people. So sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Crazy deck. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, it wins pretty good if yep. you're that guy because no one has any idea what is going on. <laughs> I think I think that is the uh, the the secret upside of that one. Yep. Uh, then there's the mono blue version. Yep. Which seems even more complicated. Yep. Because um, <laughs> it doesn't have the Kami, but it uses Training Grounds and Omen Hawker. Training Grounds. Who would have thought we'd, we'd have Mate, Training Here we go. That's it. Uh, training uh, Grounds. If you can't remember Training Grounds, it's a single blue for an enchantment. Activated abilities of creatures you control cost up to two less to activate. But it can't be less than one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got uh, Hypnotic Grifters, which is three mana to connive. You've got uh, Omen Hawkers, which is a three mana ability. No, mm-hmm. taps and adds three mana. Yeah, Realm Scorchers, Surge that, Engines. It adds can, one in uh, a blue, but yep. yeah, you can kind of do the same thing. You're untapping your thing and yep. drawing cards. Uh, <laughs> I yep. don't know. Crazy. It's, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> uh, hang on, let me find the uh, the win rate on that one. Uh, it wasn't too bad, was it? It was 52% for that. Yeah. person that played it. I think that was three. I think I remember seeing that three people played that list. Yeah. yeah. I like um I like Alexander Haynes' list, which yep. is uh, Azorius Tokens, mostly because it's got just Regal Bunny Corn. And <laughs> that card's great. <laughs> well, uh, Simon Nielsen's list also had Regal Bunny Corn. It did, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, just spitting out a bunch of tokens and yeah. uh, sort of going wide and- Having ending up with a big regal bunny corn that's power and toughness equal to the number of non land permanents you control. This is the new goif, apparently. Mm. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's a star star. Yep, yep. Uh, and they get real big. I mean, you, there's no way to give it trample no. or anything, but you know, I guess it's just the abyss. Yeah, yep. Interesting list. There's uh, some Rakdos sack. Which we haven't seen for ages, but yeah. Did you know that uh, only Colt Anvil is still in standard cracker? <laughs> huh. I tell you what card I'm surprised we're not seeing a lot of still is Blood Tithe Harvester. Because that card's still real good. Yeah. That is in this list. But it is yes. in this list, but just yep. like in, in the other lists and things. I'd also like to know what Annihilating Glare is, but apparently that's an art card according to it, the- uh, It is. Yep. Yeah. That's useful. Yep. I could tell you it's a it's a cost black. <laughs> It's a I sorcery. Could, I could also do it, like Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shota was playing. Uh, it was playing uh, the fairies. Of course, surprise, surprise. With his, <laughs> this is so disrespectful. Fairy mastermind, which has got his face on it, right? Is Rona? Is, is Rona <laughs> in this thing? Like, come on. <laughs> Like the man, the man won the world championship to and get was, his that name. That was Utah. That's Utah. Oh, it was Utah. That's right. It was Utah <laughs> Takahashi, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Yes. So whatever. It's still, yeah, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, we we thought there might be a, a fairies deck. I don't know if you've actually looked at. I think you were looking at trying to build one, but yeah, I, I don't know that it uh, has we, all the cards yet. Talked about it. I don't think so. And and whether it actually ever gets there. I mean, he went zero and four. So listen, man, they've called it. Fairies, but it's got three shieldreds, two graveyard trespasses, and uh, yeah. I guess there's 
10 fairies in it. But. I mean, Wizards has to get pretty creative when it comes to their, their deck names, just to make things sound a, a little bit more interesting. That's true. That's yep. true. Also, y- yeah. Um, I'm I'm also just a little confused here. Where's the Sultai part? I don't know. <laughs> it's got Restless Cottage. Okay. So, so we have no green cards in the main no, deck or the sideboard. A couple of green lands. But we've got some creature lands because yep. there's no Demir creature land at the moment. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, basically it. <laughs> that's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, anyway. apparently uh, domain control is a spicy list, despite it top eighting with uh, pretty much the same lists. Like a little bit more controlling this version. Oh, this, but, this one's yeah. got the Celestis in it, though. Mm, yep. Yep. Um, Invasion of Alara, which was like the big hotness for five minutes at the start of the yeah, release. This is a, we spoke about this list on the the podcast. Last time with Chewy because mm-hmm. he's been playing a bit of this list with the, uh, yeah, sort of cascading into your Bramble Familiars and casting the other side, which is mm. pretty cool, but yeah. Um, and wondering, there's Wandering Mind in this reanimator list. Oh, okay. Interesting. I feel like I should be playing that card in my, um, is it? No, uh, sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, uh. So, yeah, a few spicy lists there, but- None of them with sort of really good showings, and no. yeah, I don't know how ma- how many of them can actually sort of make their way through this mid range soup meta that we've got. So standards standards going to be in a funny place for for quite a while, I think. You know, we've we've still got nearly a year, mm-hmm. pretty much a year until we're going to see any sort of rotation. So I I don't really see the next sets that are coming out having a huge impact. I think they're just going to make existing decks more powerful. I think they're going to make it more mid-range. Yes, yes. Hmm. If you can get more mid-range, then uh, yeah. Pro- probably not. But, you know, look, so- some people love it. I mean, you know, like, it's it's fine. Well, the, pro- the pros love it. Yeah. But we're not the pros. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to love it. I'll tell you yep. what, I have been, I have been watching. If, if you're done with Worlds. Yeah. Uh, I had one other topic I want to discuss it. on Worlds. Yeah, yeah. So, uh Oh, the concession? Concessions. Yeah, so, I watched it. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. So I watched a little, like the last round of day one and I think mm. the last one or two rounds of day two. And oh boy, was there a bunch of awkward things on camera. So, oh, so the end bad. of day, day one ended with Utah versus mm-hmm. Willie Willy. Adel. Mm-hmm. And they went to time. No one was a clear winner of the match. And they're on camera. And you basically just have two guys just sitting Oops. there awkwardly looking at each other going, uh, you know, I think you should concede because this reason. And yeah. basically the reason that Willie Adel gave was, hey, you've already won Worlds. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, 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 it basically puts Utah in this awkward situation of like he can be a jerk and go, no, I'll take the draw. Both players are three and three. Yep. You need you needed four wins to make day two. So if if they have a draw, both yep. players are out of day two. So so it pays on, for one of them bef- to concede. Before you go on though, it was a draw. They yeah, it was went a draw. To, yes. So it wasn't just they were at, they went ter- time. They they were at end of turn five, and it was a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like hundred percent. And so the judges are there saying, you know, hey, you guys can chat for a minute, but I need to make a decision. As it stands, it is a draw. Yes. And yep. so Willie. They were both on super low life titles. Um, Yuta was on seven, and Willie cast a herd migration for full value uh, on his last turn. 
So, he was Yuta was facing down lethal and he went to draw his next card and the judge was like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. So, that, like, you can't touch You can't anything. even look at the next card. No. <clears throat> yeah, correct. Because yeah, it could- You can, you can show like, your hands, but that's it. You can't- Yes, yeah, correct. You can't look and at so, further cards and go, oh, yeah, I would have won or you would have won or whatever. Well, and so, that was the thing. Willie's just there going, hey, like, I would win next turn. I have lethal on board, you know, like, I don't think there's anything in your deck that you can draw that will- get you out of this spot. Yeah. And Yuta's just sitting there. I mean, there's also some language barrier stuff going on. I mean, yeah, Willie's yeah. first language is Portuguese. I'm pretty sure he's Brazilian, right? Yeah, he's and from Yuta's Brazil. Japanese. So, he's- yep. <laughs> So, like, <laughs> there's that going on. And yeah, Willie was just- I don't know that he was wrong for doing it. Like, it- and it-, it is, strictly speaking, best for one of them to concede. Oh man, that was gross. It was, yeah, it was, it was really awkward. And and it, the same thing happened on day two. The last couple of rounds of day two, there was scenarios where because we're playing mid range yeah, soup, okay. games go to time, and you're yep. left in these situations where it's like, hey, if we take a draw, neither of us make top eight. Mm-hmm. So one of us needs to concede. And yeah, the judges are coming over, going, hey, look, just letting you know, the game is a, the match is a draw unless mm-hmm. you guys tell me otherwise. And you're going to have to tell me pretty quickly, otherwise we're just going to say it's a draw. And it just puts these players in these horrible situations where they are on camera and the commentators are just sitting there going, oh, yeah, this is, you know, blah, blah. And they're trying to, like, have a little bit of banter or whatever. And there's this awkward conversation on camera of people trying to work out if someone's going to concede or not. And it is horrible. Just shouldn't happen. It should never happen. And And... I had a little bit of a conversation about this with uh, Chris on on the weekend. Hmm. Most games don't have this as a as a thing. So, play, no. uh, like I said, I played Battle Spirits on the weekend. Mm-hmm. There's some weird rules in Battle Spirits, like the Mulligan rules, really strange. But the end of game is also a little bit strange. But they have a tiebreaker system. So mm. the match okay. ends. There's like extra turns, and mm-hmm. you know, then you run out of time. And if there's still no winner. There's a tiebreaker system that counts, you know, there's like three or four tiebreaker things that it counts down so that you have a winner. You 100% have a winner. And there's a little bit of gaming in that. Like if you know, if you understand those tiebreaker rules better than your opponent, when you go into that third match, because often what, what I've seen happen is you play match one, uh, play game one, player A wins, play game two, player B wins, and it happens like right at the end of time. Or right at the end of the match, and you just you're about to start game three, but you're effectively in turns, which you can do, and it it pays to to know those tiebreaker rules because it changes you know how you mulligan, it changes if you decide to go first or not, and and those sorts of things because it does actually matter. So, mm. but the end result is there is a winner. There is never a draw. There is always a winner, which means you never have these scenarios, <laughs> and so it just it just seems so much better. Yeah. I- Yes, I agree. I don't hate that there are draws, but there shouldn't be an opportunity to have a conversation. So, you've reached the end of turn five. That's it. Game is yep. done. That's it. We have a draw. That is the end of it. There yeah. shouldn't be a yeah, there shouldn't conversation be an about- Yeah, there shouldn't be about- No. No. Yeah. And like, IDing is another pe- um, yeah, really I'd, bad thing. I'm not thing. a fan of IDing. The only time I, I think IDing is good is at pre-releases, so you both get back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Apart from that- IDing is horrible, but yeah, these just, that was, and like, it had, you know, dramatic implications because then Utah didn't make day two. Yeah. Willie went on to top eight. 
yeah, there's a massive right. cash <laughs> difference there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's correct. Exactly right. And I think someone in um, the Discord was saying it's probably like a $3,000 decision kind of either way. Like yeah, a, a yeah. loss is actually significantly worse as well. So, yep. like, oh, man, just don't don't let it happen. Yeah. If you've reached the end of turn five and it just there, there is no game state, then particularly on camera, the judge would be like, yep, it's a draw. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you <laughs> like either need you either need to have yeah, just flat out no it is a draw. Up but then step. <laughs> the the problem is that then you're going to have players go well, like while we're in our turns, let's, I know, let's have I know. the discussion and, and that sort of thing. So there's that. Your your other option is so you either have a tiebreaker system or you have to do like a sudden death thing. Yeah, like we're and this oh, is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an idea yep. that Chris Chris had. You know, you know when we played Chris. like the so- side events at. Um, RC well, that wasn't even the side of it. That was the um, that was the last chance qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you have thing. to have where, a winner. You, yep. you have to have a winner, and so if you go to time and there's no winner, then we go to a sudden death match, which is you know going to take almost no time, and you play it out, and it's basically the first life life loss that person all gains. So yeah, all gain. Yep. The problem with that is if you're if you've got to do that, you know, you, if you've got a 500 person tournament and you've got a hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matches that go to time. There's a hundred extra <laughs> little mini games that yeah. have to be played, and that's that's just painful. Like it's going to take forever. So it's hard. It's I, I don't know what like the conceding and the IDing and all that sort of stuff has just been such a big part of Magic for so long. I yeah, I don't know how you change it, but you can change it. Other games don't have that. So mm. yeah, like uh, I yeah. mean, like it's, one of one of the yeah. things in like in Battle Spirits, I think the first tiebreaker is like basically your life. So mm-hmm. that's pretty obvious. It's like, well, you're you're on more life than me. Okay, well, you win. Mm-hmm. I can't. Remember. I think the second one is something to do with your cores, which is kind of like your mana system. But I think the third tiebreaker is actually how many cards you have left in your deck as as one of the tiebreakers. So whoa, whoa, that just means that someone's playing badly because they're not drawing extra cards. <laughs> <laughs> I've got less cards in my deck. I, I can't remember be. if it's which way it is. If you've got more or less, but yeah, it's. There is a tiebreaker. That's that's the point. You never have these situations because oh, it's, it. it's built into the rules. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because, it, gee, it was horrible to have yeah. that on camera. And I really- They should have just cut back to the yeah, desk, they, they really should have just cut away and just gone, okay, the players are going to work out the resolution of that. And we'll come back to you with the not, results in a minute yeah, once we'll we know. Back, yeah, we'll yeah. come back with an answer. Not just sit there staring at Paul Uta trying to work out whether he was yeah. actually going to do it or not. So yeah, it, was, it was not good. So, yeah. anyway, is is what it is. It's- uh, it is a part of magic and, um, yeah, mm-hmm. would like to mm-hmm. see it gone, but there's probably more important things. <laughs> yeah, there's actual things <laughs> like that we can Going back to a two-year rotation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's, let's not fixing, worry about- Fixing standard, Wizards released an article. <laughs> oh, they they did, yeah. Mm. I watched I watched the, the summary of it. They've done nothing. Yeah, yeah. That sounds I, about I right. Think, yeah, I, yeah. I did see Huey was on camera awkwardly mm-hmm. with some flashcards- <laughs> trying to explain how they are, yeah, revitalizing standard. Okay. What's the footnotes, Cracker? The, like what, the, what actually tell the, uh, there's going to be a standard Pro Tour sometime. Yep. Um, there's going to be more- sta- They're just pushing standard as, like, the events to play. So, there's more stuff in game. They're just putting more support in there. There's going to be RCs and stuff. They're just- It is um, more standard organized play is basically- the summary of it right and that fixes the format i guess it gives people a reason to want to play it which previously they just haven't had so that was just uh kind of the 
the main thing there. People have just been playing in the modern or pioneer for so long. Yeah. Uh, that was about it. Yep. Yeah. Well, they kind of they took stand or they didn't take standard away, but just the timing wise of the uh, RC seasons and the mm-hmm. the actual RCs. We had you know pioneer, and then we had modern, and then we went back to pioneer. I think again, and then mm-hmm. I think we're going back to modern again. Like we just have had ages where yeah, there hasn't been a reason to play standard. And exactly like I said, like if there's if that's not the if there's no reason for people to be playing standard, then they just stop playing standard. So. Yeah. Correct. Yes, it will help. It will uh, it will help in terms of increasing standard play. I don't think that actually fixes anything to do with the format, though. No, that's a whole different conversation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Oh, is what it is. It is. <laughs> um, there is there is more stuff to to chat about. We, we are running out of time. There's there's one thing I want to talk about because we were talking about um the Agatha's Cauldron before. Yep. And I've been watching a bunch of people who've been playing with it in. In modern. And, oh boy, is there some nonsense you can get up to in modern with that. So, um, did you know that uh, Gr- Grist? Yeah, yeah. It's a is, creature. Is, is a creature. With activated abilities. Yep. Mm. So, if you exile that with the cauldron and you have a creature like, I don't know, Grum, Gr- Grum Gully in play. So, Grum Gully says whenever a non-human creature enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So, you have a Grist underneath the cauldron and then another creature in play with a plus one, plus one counter. And then uh, you plus it and you make an insect. And then that enters with a, a plus one, plus one counter on it, which means you get to plus it and make an insect. <laughs> so <laughs> I see just, where this is going. Just, oh, yeah, that's, that's what you call an infinite loop. Mm. Um, that I mean, Grist being a creature has annoyed me so much. From it's it's a really cool design. Oh, but it's it, just, it just seems to come up in these corner cases where it's like, oh man, <laughs> it's just it's it's so weird that it's a creature everywhere else. So like on the stack, you're like, I'll negate it. No, you won't. <laughs> like, you <can't. laughs> like there's just a bunch of weird. It's just weird. Um, but yeah, so I saw uh, who was Caleb D was brewing around with that, and then um, Spike, aspiring Spike, has been playing like a million different versions. There's like. He- mono white heliod combo lists with you know ballista and heliod and a bunch of stuff you can do there and then uh yeah like a lot of food decks as well so like asmo stuff kind of popping off there so if if the cauldron decks seem like funny and standard then uh go, go check out some of spike's twitch vods or, or youtube channel I, I highly recommend your stuff i find it very entertaining but uh yeah i've heard yeah. that there's just a bunch of so it's it's one of those that, yeah it's getting played in Yorgoth. It's one of those decks where it's like yeah correct. If you know all the stuff, you're going to do really well. But if you just pick that deck up and play, like you're going to be missing so many small interactions and things where it's like oh, I can mm-hmm. do this and then do this and then do this and, and do and whatever. And it's like goodness me, that's way too big brain for me. <laughs> I'll just I'll just play yep. burn or whatever. Yeah 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 exactly. Yeah. It's um <laughs> anyway. I I thought that was cool. That that card seems really. Uh, and obviously, Beanstalk seeing a bunch of play in modern as well, which we all knew was going to happen. Yes, yes. I've been hearing a lot of chatter about beans. Lots of people going on about, oh, it's all beans mm. in modern. It's like, yeah, we've, we've been here for a yep. while. We're yep. kicking around. That's it. <laughs> so, this, <laughs> there's a bunch of other new cards coming out, Shorty, that have been previewed. Yeah. And I I know that this one is a, this is a movie of my childhood, The Princess Bride. Mm. So <laughs> this I've is a, so random. <laughs> it's 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 mega random, uh, and 
I'm, I'm here for it. So, it is the, like, um, renamed set sort of yeah, thing. The God- so there's- Godzilla treatment. Exactly. So, there's like Wesley Dread Pirate Roberts, which is actually like um, Finn the Fangbearer and that sort of stuff. So, they're just really cool art. If you like the movie, then, you know, like Pack Rat is um, rodents of unusual size, which is just brilliant. Um, but just v- very clever sort of things. I sent, from- sent these to my wife and it was like, mm. is this is this what it takes to finally get you into magic? Because she's a yeah, massive <laughs> Princess yeah, Bride yeah. fan. It's like, hmm, that looks interesting. <laughs> well, that and all the Doctor Who cards that are coming out as well. Yeah, I think we, yeah. might, we might get a, we might get a, maybe. Yep. So yeah, there was at the uh, the Magic Con Worlds thing. There was a, a bunch of you know panels and all that sort of stuff. And and yeah, along with that was uh, yeah a bunch of previews of cards. So the, yeah, it's more Doctor Who previews, which I think possibly next podcast will be uh, we'll try and get J Mud on and maybe uh, you and I because I think you're a little bit of a Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. Can, Try and sure. uh, talk our way through those because there's a lot of really cool cards. Uh, yeah, the Pr- Princess Bride stuff, and apparently we're getting Evil Dead crossover as well. Sure, as in, like Ash with a chainsaw hand, like yeah, uh, why not? Boomstick, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's interesting. And then they yeah they started previewing a bunch of stuff from Ixalan. So there was Jurassic Park. Yep, things as well. Listen, man, there's an Ian Malcolm card. Like, how does this get better than that? <laughs> it's an is it. Ian Malcolm card. Hello, yep. my next commander deck. I don't even know what he does. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this this is what we're doing. Uh, yep. I mean, Jurassic Park, again, like this is our childhood, right? Yeah, like this, yeah. This. I mean, Wizards knows, they know They've their, hit their audience. Target they they yeah, know correct. there's a whole bunch of Magic players that are currently like- 35 to 45 sort of age group, which mm-hmm. means that, you know, they've got careers, they're settled in their lives, that sort of stuff. They have this thing called disposable income, apparently. Yeah. And they all love their, you know, 80s and 90s nostalgia stuff, the, the movies and things that they grew up on, the video games, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Let's just keep pumping things out to those people because they're going to buy it. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I don't want to say that it might start working, but it might start working because. <laughs> I mean, I'm buying the doctor. I'm buying the doctor. Thing. Ones, so. Yeah, exactly. 40, 40k <laughs> wasn't my thing. But, uh, Transformers, not so much. But Jurassic Park, man, I lived and breathed dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that, movie, that, oh that has not rubbed off on your children at all. No, no, not at all. There's literally <laughs> a card that's a saga. That's the there's the backside of it is Jurassic Park. Like that's what it's called. Yeah, very, it's very, a very legendary cool. land. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we will talk yep. more about that as more of the set comes out and we get closer to it. There's already some cards in here that look pretty strong that are actually in the main set, um, which is sweet. New Golta, because, mm. you know, we need more mid-range cards. There's a Golta's back. She's a 12-12 for eight mana this time. Oh, nice. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, you may put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Right. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not cast, Shorty. I don't know yep. if you picked up on that. It's an ETB. Okay. You don't get cast triggers, but you get ETB triggers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that yep. means you can blink it and reanimate it and yeah, yeah, okay. yep. like yeah, there's the I yeah. mean you're gonna run out of you're gonna have an empty hand pretty soon, so you nah, need somewhere to draw some cards, but yeah. Right. Oh, sounds good. And there is yeah. Cavern of Souls, which uh there we have is. not confirmed is legal or not. <laughs> we can't we tell. We'll see. There's there's eight <laughs> different versions on the website and I'm not sure which ones are legal. Uh we're uh. pretty confident that the the six different versions of mana crypt are not gonna be in this the main uh, set. Though. no, I would I would hope not. But you you never know with wizards. You really don't. You never know. 
All right. So one other thing to mention sort of on the mm. way out, there is another arena championship on next weekend. So this is sort of the arena pro tour type thing, 32 mm-hmm. players, a so small field. This time it is Wilds of Eldraine draft and then uh, Historic constructed. So still hear a lot of people talking about really enjoying Historic, despite all the alchemy cards that are in there. And obviously, you know, Chewie and I spoke about the other week about the uh, play percentages and Historic is second to to standard. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it could, could be a good format. I'm assuming there is coverage and, uh, you know, commentary and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in that. Give it a crack and uh, see what's going on in Historic. Maybe we should have another look at Historic one day, Cracker, as a we should. Uh, league yeah. format or something. Yeah, Maybe we could do the Envious Historic. Nah, that's Oof. a bad idea. <laughs> we, would, uh, we wouldn't know the cards to commentate on it. Let's, well, it doesn't matter. We don't know in standard anyway. <laughs> um, we, could, <laughs> we could start with a one-day event maybe and, and see yeah, if people yeah. like it. Yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, usual wrap-up. Our league is underway. You can still join if you've missed joining. You can still jump in. The good thing with the structure that we've got currently going is you've got quite a few weeks to play this early stage and we can just throw you in there. So if you've missed it or you're just hearing about it for the first time, you can jump into that league and we'll throw you into a group. So we were nearly two weeks. We're a week and a half into the league already and there is not that many matches played other than a whole bunch by Insanity, as is always the case. Surprise, surprise. uh, yeah, get in there and get cracking. Groups are a little bit smaller this time. I reckon if you can manage to squeeze out like four or five wins, you're probably going to make top 10. So get in there, play some matches and uh, have a bit of fun because it's it's always a good time. And yeah, if, if you haven't gotten in that and you want to and you don't know how to, you need to be in our Discord. So come and join us in there. Say good day and uh, yeah, join the awesome community. There is links in the show notes for our merch store. As uh, as always, you can go and buy some Magic Beans gear and uh, deck yourself out for your next tournament. And, uh, yeah, you can go and buy your cards that you need for that next tournament from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and it'll take you straight to the Facebook group so you can join up and check out the daily auctions. If you want to find us anywhere, just go to magicbeanscast.com and you'll find links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter slash X. If you'd like to find me on that platform, I'm at PSync and you are Cracker. At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time.